0: We got on, (laughs) no passcode required and people are still arriving. It's so great. Just looking at each screen so I can see as many faces as possible. So let's enjoy a few minutes of sitting as a few more people arrive. I'll probably make some reflections during our our sitting today. As we gather online in this way, and then we begin by essentially doing nothing, we forget that the gathering itself, the coming together, the connecting is the central part of the practice. It's so easy to jump ahead of ourselves. What will happen next? When do we actually get to the good part? I remember Joko once saying, just sit every day for six months and see what happens to your life. It's not something that you can explain, but you can discover. And so now we sit together gathering our best intentions and aspirations for one final time as we come to the end of this calendar year and our final inquiry meeting of 2022. what a year it's been, and we find ourselves once again at this very special time of the year. A time when many natural and spiritual calendars overlap. Advent began late in November and goes through the 24th of December. In the Christian calendar, it represents this, this time, this of anticipation, of arrival. Arrival of the embodiment of peace. the birth of great love on the earth, which actually only occurs when the eternal and the human meet. Advent is a waiting period, but not a passive waiting, it's a call for a, A quiet revolution of simplicity and solitude, somewhat like zazen. But a time to make space for something new to appear. The eight days of Hanukkah began this past Sunday, the 18th, goes through December 26th. And the commemoration of the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem by the Jewish peoples, and there's so much rich history and symbolism here, which I'm only barely touching, and it's a celebration of light represented by the symbolic lighting of the candles and the menorah each day, and much more. tomorrow, December 21st, the winter solstice, the day of the shortest light of the year and which we go into the darkness from which so much depth comes. each of these markers on liturgical calendars, speaking to enlightenment and endarkenment, how they come together for our awakening. And as we sit now together, we rest in that deep silence and stillness that Advent invites, the invitation to be patient and open, inviting without grasping. And as the new day dawns so late tomorrow on the solstice, we know it as a turning day, a literal tipping point of the planet And of the year we mark by Earth's passage through space and its relationship to light. And those who observe Hanukkah bring new light into their homes by lighting each candle. For eight days, making our way back into the light to come. Early in this season on December 8th was the day we celebrate as the Buddha's Enlightenment Day. We celebrate this human transformational possibility for us all. To realize our own true nature, to express it in the world. And at the end of these seasons, of course, for some, Christmas arrives, whether as a religious observance or a secular holiday, it's the arrival of a formless field of benefaction. Bringing with it all the forms that we engage of gift-giving, food-sharing, family-gathering and all that comes along with these conditioned things is infused with a deep hope of harmonizing all being. Space of waiting, allowing life to come, going into the dark, into the absolute, expressing ourselves in the light, the everydayness. celebrating the eternal and the very simple human. And where our humanity and our eternal nature meet is where love is born. So many of you um, offered um, such kind reflections on our um, very eventful, brief inquiry last week. Uh, So thank you for receiving my reflections and for uh, echoing back the things that were moving in you. Uh, A lot of you let me also know that, pardon me, I'm recovering from some sort of respiratory thing, I'm feeling pretty good, but my, my system is clearing itself out. Many of you let me know how much you appreciated some of the things that I offered on my election day reflection back in November, and particularly uh, the longer narrative poem, uh, Gate A4 by Naomi Shihab Nye. Um, it was such a touching and beautiful expression of how one wants to live one's life. And so I thought to bring another of her poems to you today on this final day as we approach Christmas and through these holidays, uh, one that you may not have heard before, um, but of course its I found it appropriate for the spirit of the season. It's, uh, it's honest, it's humorous, a little cheeky, it speaks truth, and offers very important teachings well beyond the Christian context um, out of which it's written. And for me, it includes these qualities which I mentioned during our sitting, uh, the qualities uh, from Advent about um, spacious anticipation rather than landing on belief. Um, In Hanukkah, you know, rekindling the essential spirit in the face of loss, the solstice going willingly into the dark uh, without the need of of an answer. And of course, Christmas with the birth of of that essential liberating uh, force within us, which was embodied in the, the story of Jesus. But, so here's a Naomi Shihab Nye's poem <laughs> titled, I Feel Sorry for Jesus. So it's, a, it's a, a bit of a, a humorous sound. And there is, uh, in the poem, there's one thing that some of you may not be familiar with. There's a reference to the Via Dolorosa, which is the uh, term that's used for the route believed to have been taken by Jesus through Jerusalem on his way to Calvary, was carrying the cross in that story. But it also refers in literature to any, um, a reference to any difficult journey or process or deep um, transformational path. So just in case you don't know that. So so here's the poem, and I'm going to read it, I'm going to reflect on it, and then I have uh, another um, riff on it, which I think hopefully will call forward something for your own reflections. So here's uh, uh, Naomi, she had nice, I feel sorry for Jesus. People won't leave him alone. I know he said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, but... I bet he regrets it some days. Cozily, they tell you what he wants and doesn't want as if they just got an email. Remember telephone, the pass it on game where the message changed dramatically by the time it got around the circle? Well, people blame terrible pieties on Jesus. They want to be a special pet. And Jesus deserves better. I think he's been exhausted for a very long time. He went into the desert, friends. He didn't go into the pomp. He didn't go into the golden chandeliers and say, the truth tastes better here. See, now, I'm talking like I know. It's dangerous talking for Jesus. You get carried away almost immediately. I stood in the spot where he was born. I close my eyes where he died and didn't die. Every twist of the Via Dolorosa was written on my skin. And that makes me feel like being silent for him, you know? A secret pouch of listening. You won't hear me mention this again. She says, I feel sorry for Jesus. People won't leave him alone. I know he said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, but I bet some days he regrets it. You know, that's that's the good news and the bad news of relational practice, isn't it? It only opens like this with all of us together, caring for each other, coming together. But as one of my good friends, um, who's a Methodist minister, we were speaking about this one day. And about the scripture about wherever two or more of you are gathered in my name, there I shall be. I said, you know, it really goes. It's that's not what it. I think it should say wherever two or more of you are gathered in my name, the shit will hit the fan, <laughs> it's kind of like that, you know. That suddenly all these human things come forward, but that's that's the way. That's the Via Dolorosa. That's that's the struggle. And then she goes on about uh, that, that folks will will tell you what the teacher wants what he doesn't want what he actually meant as if they had the message and then she uses that image of uh, the game telephone where things change and over the centuries over the years things change remarkably you know I grew up in a very Christian environment and it was somewhat it was quite difficult and painful even damaging Uh, that line she says, people blame terrible pieties on jesus because teachers whether jesus buddha any of us who step into this role become a projection screen for everyone's longings and become the lightning rod for our failings and the things that people bring to practice I remember reading Marcus Borg's beautiful classic book, Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time, and hearing someone speak about what it's like to, to take away some of the the ways that people had played that game, telephone, and how the teachings have been so distorted. Naomi says, you know, people want to be a special pet, a special student. Um, and then reminding us that he took time away, went into the desert as we have to go sometimes into the silence, into the dark. He didn't go into the special places and say, this is where to practice. No, he, he said, it's here now practice with this ordinary circumstances with ordinary people. And then as she continues through the poem, she says, Now now look what I'm doing. Now I'm talking like I know. Because it's dangerous. Because we so easily take these living truths of our practice and turn them into beliefs. And then real wisdom is squandered. The living wisdom of practice. And she speaks about. Her own, you know, going to the the Middle East and standing in the place where he was born and where he might have died, and and to, and she said, feeling the twist of the dolorosa on my skin, uh, I I think it's such a beautiful expression of how a pilgrimage is embodied. It only, you can only do it with your body, and practice is always embodied. And she ends with that quiet statement about all this makes me feel like being silent and listening, listening, which is I think the deepest aspect of true prayer, not proclaiming and preaching and pleading, but listening. It's why we spend time in silence and stillness. And she makes that interesting comment at the end. You won't you won't hear me mention this again. As if speaking more won't won't get us any further. And so as we approach uh, Christmas and move through this, I I, I thought this was um, there's sort of a a joyful or playful quality to it but very very serious too but something else came to me and and that i'll ask uh naomi's indulgence as i uh transform her poem for a minute with all due respect to her and gratitude only i've changed the title and call it offering meta for buddha so here we go again people won't leave him alone. I know he said to Ananda that spiritual friendship was the whole of the spiritual path, but I bet some days he can't believe what this looks like. With apparent clarity, fervent practitioners will tell you what he wants and doesn't want, as if they just got an email from emptiness. But remember Telephone, the pass it on game, where the message changed dramatically by the time it rounded the circle? Well... People ascribe outlandish beliefs to this simple, wondering monk. They want to be a special disciple. Buddha deserves better. I think he's been exhausted for a very long time. He left his followers at times and disappeared into solitary retreat, friends. He didn't go into the fancy temples along the way. He didn't go into the golden mansions of his benefactors and proclaim. The truth tastes better here. Uh, See, now I'm talking like I know. It's dangerous talking for Buddha. You can get carried away almost immediately. I've never stood wide-eyed in the land where he was born. I can imagine closing my eyes and taking a seat where he sat under the Bodhi tree. Every twist of the road from Varanasi to Wagaya could fold in the wrinkles of my aging skin. And that makes me feel like being silent for him, you know? A stupa of stillness and listening. You won't hear me mention this again. Offering metta for Buddha. <laughs> God knows we don't leave him alone either and Ananda talking about spiritual friendship with the Buddha and the Buddha saying we know the whole of the spiritual path. Um, but I bet he can't believe what we've turned it into. You know, this practice isn't for you. It's, it's for all of us. It's for everyone. It's for this gathering. It's for what happens between. It's not something you're going to take away, like a Christmas present. And as people practice and think they know, they say, "Oh, this is what Buddha meant. This is what the this ancestors were telling us. This is what the, the nuns and the, the monks were all about. But it ends up being just a pass-it-on game where we're trying to trying to find the truth for, for ourselves. And it goes around the circle, it changes. And people ascribe all kinds of strange things to to Buddha when actually in Buddhism there's nothing to believe. There's everything to discover. And of course, people want to be that special disciple, the one who who wakes up as a teacher, I feel it coming at me. The Buddha didn't go into the fancy temples or the mansions of the benefactors. He went on his own sometimes, left his disciples always maintain beginner's mind always return to the basic practices don't complicate it sit down in stillness and silence and let him come to you let the teachings arrive like joko said just sit every day for six months and see what happens not strive hard and see what you can get And I've I've never been to India. I've never, I've never followed the Buddhist path there, literally. I've spent time in in Japan and been to some of those beautiful temples. But ultimately, whatever pilgrimage you make and whatever path you take, it's got to end up in your body, in your own skin and bones, your own heart and mind. A else it's just some idea. And that's where th- we turn things into beliefs we think we can have, and then true wisdom, the living wisdom of practice gets squandered. And so all this makes me feel silent. A stupa, a memorial, uh, a place of relics, of, of stillness and listening. And then that last line she said about, you won't hear me mention this again, you know, Zen, our practice, is was spoken of as a special transmission outside the scriptures, not dependent on words and letters, pointing directly to the human heart and mind, seeing into one's nature and attaining the way. It's, it's not about a new scripture, a new Bible, a new, it's, in our bodies, in our relationships, so... I hope that this doesn't seem too strange to go from the... the reflection on Jesus' life in this time, and the reflection on on Buddha, and how these two uh, teachers who... who brought their teachings out of their tradition in which they were born, you know, the Buddha was never a Buddhist. There was no Buddhism. The Buddha was a Hindu. But he realized something that took him beyond in that culture. And, that, and what he realized echoes through the last 2,500 years and remains today because it, it blew him out of that tradition. Just as Jesus was always a Jew, he was never a Christian, there was no Christianity. But as the great Bodhisattva, his teachings and his way of being also propelled him further in some way. It has made some echo over the last two millennia. And here we are, whether we call ourselves a Buddhist or Christian or Jewish or Islam or or anything or on the solstice, some shamanic, pagan, it doesn't matter what we call ourselves, what's what's true, what's real? Where's the place where love is born? So if you have questions or places you'd like to meet, please, please come forward. A caveat, I uh, I don't know why I want to say it, but I think it's important to remember that this is not a substitute for psychotherapy. Uh, Sometimes I know things can kind of go that direction a little bit. What's the deepest questions in your heart? What are the places that want to be opened? And silence is fine. Hey, Cass.
1: Um I got a new lamp. I feel very golden way lit great um thanks so much for the uh email of uh the pass- passcode emails password email yeah <laughs> I, I went through all of those myself. <laughs> even tried logging in you know to to do things that way um and uh but what I've noticed is that with each one of those strategies that it felt very incorporated. I was just like, oh yes, makes perfect sense. I liked the the turn in each of them. And the, but the the last one, bow and walk away, is I guess what I'm noticing is that it it seems to be so entwined with the grief or of the expectation of it not not being that way and I get that uh, you know that if I want to fight with something that I'm actually really really close with that because I want to touch it I want to change it I want to control it um so I guess that I'm trying to, to to come to a place where I can I keep telling myself like to accept the grief like this is just the grief that comes with something closing and um that that's that. It seems to be okay, but I don't seem to be very open to experiencing the grief. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So that's the grief that you experience.
1: Is is the not wanting to have it? I mean, I, I don't uh, quite you're understand. having
0: something. You're uh, you're reporting something. Let let me turn it back a little bit. You reported that I said uh, bow and walk away. But I said something closer to bow and step back. And step away, not walk away. So one is
1: walk away has more permanence with it?
0: Well, what I'm my at least my present interpretation is there's no turning your back. Bow and stepping back is different than bowing walking away. And in okay. bow and stepping I, back. I,
1: I, I, yeah, I, 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 okay. You
0: keep, you keep facing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. including that which doesn't want to face.
1: Whereas the other one is more of a closing and it's the closing that causes more of the grief.
0: And that's what you experience most of your life, yes, is people turning away. Even that Jesus stuff. Yeah. And so it's painful and it's difficult because, you know, there's some off about it. But to bow and step back and and to unblend, to make some space, but keep facing, even the part that doesn't want to face, that takes more courage.
1: Yeah. I'm biting my lip, even as you say it. So I know. Yeah, that's.
0: You stepped up first. You raise your hand first.
1: I I'm in love with the process.
0: That's the bowing. And the stepping back is just not staying entangled, but continuing to face.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see that 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 it's yeah okay i still I, I i see the 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 tangle of still being in the tangle and thinking there's that the expectation that
0: it'll be resolved it'll be fixed it'll be relieved oh that it were yeah mm-hmm. the continual turning toward over and over and over is our continual sitting together and turning toward each other and chanting with each other caring for each other and that you've done steadily since the first day that I met you thanks you've never stopped
1: thanks I had
2: <sighs> what's up?
1: okay um had a conversation with a friend recently and it was just like out of the blue, it wasn't connected to anything else. And she made a statement of, I know the calmness of people that, you know, sit and you don't have that. And it just really knife wounded me. Um,
0: people wanted to tell him what he meant and what he didn't mean. Yeah. And I remember?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You become the projection screen. Because you've begun to move into a role of teacher, leader, otherwise, you know, and so you're going to get projected on. Okay. So you bow, you step back.
3: We have Jill
2: next. Hi, Jill. Hello.
4: That was nice. I enjoyed what you said to
0: Kathy. As you're waiting to come, it changes, doesn't it? Because you hear (laughs) what the other person's. Yeah,
4: yeah. Although I did want to share some reflections that I had. It's my first day of my holidays today. And I was sitting in bed this morning reading your your reflections from last week. And and I smiled at the end of it because, or in summary, because actually it hadn't even occurred to me that there had been a technical issue. I just thought I was doing something wrong. Uh, yeah.
0: That's so, one of the strategies, isn't it? <laughs> it must
4: be um, me. But what was amazing was last Tuesday, um, when I couldn't get in and I didn't know what was happening, I then just went on to another previous inquiry and had a nice time and that was fine. And so what was really different uh, was that I didn't feel badly about myself or... I didn't feel badly about what was happening that I couldn't get in or it was, there was something um, just straightforward of it not happening And, uh, um, and I think I wanted to speak about, so it's probably been, well I've just been thinking about actually how my life has really changed in this last year since my practice has become more committed Mm -hmm. and, you know, in terms of what you're saying around to see what happens when you sit for six months every day. And it feels like lots is happening. Mm -hmm. And kind of very profound moment for me was a conversation I had with my daughter a couple of months ago. And she had been talking about um, wanting to do a postgrad in journalism, and so I thought my answer was quite straightforward, or my response, which was, "Well, you you may better do a bit more writing." And uh, and she came back to me with, "God, what?" why do you always have to have a task? Why can't you just go, oh, great idea, Maddie? Or, you know, why does it? And I was a bit like, oh, I think she's been a bit defensive. And so we had a bit of a sparry conversation and we left each other and and then I really just allowed myself to really reflect and and I think, and I thought, yeah, that there was something underneath the layers of what felt very kind of, Fine advice and a kind of loving place. Underneath that, there was a there was an urgency. There was something of, okay, well, I, I think I need to let you know what you need to do in order to do this thing. And then when I got underneath that, I realized that actually there's something about me having an attachment to her doing well, because something about if she fails or hits bumps, then that becomes about me. And there was something about me facing a kind of absolute fundamental part of me that feels a failure. And how I've really allowed that to be part of my bricks and mortar, that that will always be with me. And
0: one of those core beliefs
4: it's it's like it's in my bones, and uh, it's paradox paradoxically feeling so profoundly freeing because I don't have to defend or control so much, and that so I just felt and the, that we example of, oh, it's you know it's me that can't get in, but I didn't feel badly for not getting in so. I just
0: yeah. to hear. and so that's one of the great benefits of practice is you come to that place as I spoke about where it's like oh now this
2: yeah oh uh-huh
0: uh, instead of the way that you've organized yourself so much in the past but what you just described about what you did with um, the initial comment your reflections that where you went deeper that's also a beautiful that's like the going into the dark yeah. That you could allow yourself to, because a lot of people aren't willing to do that, or don't have a capacity for that. And so that's a that's another fruit of of practice, which then benefits not only you but all those around you.
2: <laughs>
4: so I was really, and I feel really moved. But that just kind of saying around self acceptance, what a radical thing that is.
0: And I'll say it in a kind of a backward way, also, because you're. Uh, the way you're talking about is really important when you said this was in my bones this is how i was organized i know this will be with me and so self-acceptance is a a beautiful uh, fruit of, of practice one time in a retreat when we were in the lakes someone asked me what is zazen and i said i think it's the practice of continually forgiving yourself for being yourself it's, it's not exactly the way of saying self-acceptance. a little different. But that's what I heard you expressing.
2: Yeah. This
0: one is to forgive yourself for being yourself, not because there's something wrong, but because of it's a tenderness mm. that moves in a very different way. Just like that different way that Cassie was talking about. Mm. Thank you.
4: Thank you. And thank you just for all your guidance. Thank okay, you. Of
0: course, of course. It's only possible if you come forward.
4: <laughs> we have
2: Graham.
0: Hey, Graham, you come closer, huh?
2: Hey,
5: Flynn. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm just going to move things around a bit. Wow. Thank you, Maria. Okay. Well, wow. what an opportunity. Welcome to Mozendo. Oh yeah, have a seat so I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh. So wanted to reach out today. Um been so busy recently. Um not found this time to um be with Sangha um and then this curveball today i just thought hang on <laughs> there's an opportunity just to be supported um with um the whole community and particularly with you flint so hmm.
0: What's in your heart and mind right now that wants to.
5: It's um, dealing with um, not being heard, being rejected, and so wanting to meet with my ex to talk about our eldest daughter together um, and not being allowed to do so. (laughs) And accepting that there are... um, yeah pressing issues for that person so they don't see that need that i have and yet then to be accused of being aggressive and bullying and forced teaming and all these phrases i have no idea what they mean but
0: what's your practice edge in all of this this is the narrative this is the story it's huge (laughs) what's your practice edge though yeah. okay there's, there's obviously relationship tangles and feelings of course that those are those are big What's yeah.
2: your
5: so it's about how easily i am so um still vulnerable and react with anxiety heart racing words and my practice edge Mm.
0: what can you bring to this situation
5: well it's
0: they're not going to take care of you this is probably going to go on
5: no it's yeah absolutely um,
0: what can you bring what freedom what bit of possibility can you bring
5: i've got to the point where i can forgive i suppose um my eldest daughter because we're both victims in what's what's happened so that's a good place to be
0: you can bring forgiveness
5: yeah i can bring forgiveness at last at last
0: and the and the possibility of just continuing on with them, not having to solve any problem for you.
5: <laughs> yeah, there's the edge.
0: Yeah, that's what I think.
5: Yeah,
0: they're not going to make it okay for you. Mm. And, and we're not. I don't know how to solve these problems, of course. Mm. But how are you going to meet them?
5: Yeah, I I find it hard because I I I, I yeah, person. Uh, I would love to be able to just not talk about this but be able to just digest and and yet i've got this strong urge just to ask for help and say hey w- what have i done wrong I, I i'm right i'm right i'm the right one here and
0: and that hasn't, hasn't helped has it no i <laughs> gonna solve the problem no you like any of the any of us say uh i've had a difficult time uh, can you be with me it's like yeah I can be with you
5: yeah and I so without being
0: tangled in the stories just be with you
5: okay okay i think what's important for me i don't give this to my new partner and i just try and contain this because that's what's tricky for me it's wanting to uh, just be held
0: well, you just transfer that your former family will take care of you about this or your new partner will take care of you about this. So looking for a looking for uh, an ultimate caretaker who's going to solve all this or maybe Flint will take care of it. Or, a, you know, that's the that seems yeah. the threat, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Graham, this is about you making a firm commitment. Yeah, you will take care of yourself no matter yeah. what happens, no matter how yeah. it goes.
5: Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, not easy, and also, um, I'm, I, oops, yeah, it's it's accepting that all people can be is alongside me. You can't be in my shoes. And responsible yeah, for your
0: life? I um. We we'll, we can be responsive to yeah I, your life
5: and it's being responsible for these angry uh torn hurt feelings where
0: the things that once again like i said earlier we don't want to get into psychotherapy about all this yeah because that's another venue (laughs) you can you can work through those things which are important to do so yeah the practice is about finding the one who is the spacious container for all of those things that move you can work with the contents of your consciousness with your feelings with your thoughts but the spaciousness is what your zinda that's what's in that your hand in the cosmic mudra there yeah i'm back to that
5: i sit each morning here for 15 minutes every morning around about seven half seven and have done so since being at plum village in the summer because i've continued that practice although i've not been to all sangha meetings i have my own practice and yoga stretches and that i know i'm gonna have to do that twice as hard tomorrow
0: (laughs) well it's good to see you again it's been a while thank you
5: thank you so much thank you everybody
0: yes it's a um a kind of a tough place, I think, when we come to realize that at the bottom that there is no ultimate savior. But there is saving, uh, freeing, as our practice invites by our shared, committed uh, practice of seeing the truth telling the truth living the truth no matter what happens because subtly we change it into and this is in the the poem uh, we heard this changing it into if I do the practices then it will go well if I do the practices right then it will turn and things will be healed everything will finally be relieved I'll finally be at peace things will you can practice all you want, but sometimes things continue to be complex. How do you find that still pocket of silence from the poem or that stillness of stupa that holds the treasure uh, that our practice invites over time? And that that's, uh, it doesn't sound very consoling. It sounds more confronting. And yet it's the part of the passcode to freedom And we have, uh, oh, Jay, we have a couple minutes. Good. Come on. I see the hand. There she comes.
6: All right. Um, the Wi-Fi in here is really bad, so hopefully you guys you, can group. hear me okay. okay. Yeah. So, no. um, <laughs> I just wanted to say, and really quickly, how it's always interesting when the the message and um, the sharing line up so um, perfectly, and I was thinking it's not by accident because in hearing Cassie's story, you know, uh, for me, I translated it to that I am Jesus <laughs> and you know people are always gonna project the idea of what things look like for me you know what I mean and if I meet 10 people they, I, they're they gonna have 10 different views of who I am and what I should do so you know that's not mine to take you know and it's just interesting how um <laughs> we hold like I've myself I've held on to well you don't appear to be that whatever ABC and then I'm like trying to match their idea of what ABC is and you know I lose myself you know I, I reject myself because I'm trying to reach their ideal and it's like you know uh, it's so you know like I, I know for myself now how silly that has been because in saying yes to them I'm saying no to who I am at my core and what that looks like and you know what if I'm the dandelion and you're the rose. I need to be the best dandelion I am because I came here to be me and not you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I, so your story of, oh, I feel yeah, bad for Jesus and everybody's viewpoint. And I, it really sunk in for me that, is it any wonder we have all these different versions of Christianity and Buddhism because everybody has their own idea of what that looks like and it's okay you know, so I welcome it all. And if you think that, you know what, you don't look um, peaceful or serene or zen, <laughs> you know, like um, Cassie referenced in your post last week, take a step back, bow and say thank you. And then step back from that. You know what I mean? Like, I it's a beautiful right? thing, I think, when
0: and thanks things for line asking. up
6: that way. Yep. So thank you
0: it reminds me of one time um (laughs) weissman said to me you know our job in practice is not to take offense even when it's meant to to let it go thank you thank you and thank you everyone we're here at the end of our time uh and at the end of the year it's our last inquiry uh of the year we won't be meeting next week we'll have a little bit of a break but continue your practice and enjoy these holidays as best you can And let's recite the four practice principles, just to remind us of what Jay was just meaning. (laughs) Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts thank you all for your presence and for your support through this entire year and i look forward to the new year with you
3: thank you so much flint and thank you like flint said to everybody for turning up week after week all the way through the year you know each year so that we can all practice together it really does support me and each and every one of us so thank you all so much and if you'd like to offer Diana to Flint, then please do go to the um, appamada.org forward slash contribute, and you'll see an opportunity there to offer Diana to teachers to Flint to just put put Flint's name in, or to Peg and who's also here this evening, and um, any for any other events that you'd like to offer Diana to, so much appreciated. Thank you all so much, and if you'd like to continue to meet and share then please do pop yourself into gallery view and I'll join you all for a further 30 minutes, so thank you. And see you all on the 3rd of January (laughs) for the next one.